Hello and welcome back to Eventide Radio. This is a fan-made Destiny podcast where we have roundtable discussions about a variety of different topics concerning the popular video game franchise. At its core, the show is by having in-depth discussions about the game from a variety of different perspectives. I'm your host, Scotty, and with me is my co-host, Rob, as well as our brand new co-host, Mapador, a.k.a. Caden. So this is a very exciting episode because we haven't had a new host in a very long time and we're very excited to have him on. Um, so for the agenda for this episode, we're going to introduce our new crew member. We're going to talk about the future of the podcast. I'm going to explain why we've been gone for so long. And then we're going to recap our feelings on Season of the Deep and call it a day. So first things first, as we do with every episode, before we get into anything, Rob, what have you been up to this week in Destiny? Uh, full disclosure, I have not been playing Destiny a whole lot this week. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Solstice of Heroes or Summer Solstice, whatever, whatever name they, they call it. I've, we don't need to bag too much on the EAZ, but it's kind of something we've done for a few years now. And I've, I don't, I don't need to craft the armor from it and I don't find the activity particularly fun. Um, but I did uh, spend a lot of time getting my Gambit rank up. Uh, I know it's probably like a bad word to say. Um, <laughs> and then also completed a bunch of the seasonal, like weekly challenges to get the uh, sweet bright dust pot at the end. So I've been I've been doing that. Like I there was some fishing that I had to do and uh, complete some other challenges and, and things like that. So I'm kind of doing the season wind down uh, activities in, in doing some bounties and things like that to get prepped for the next season. So um, not not been engaging with Solstice. I did one EAZ round and I'm like, oh, that's right. I don't like this activity. So uh, I stopped after that. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Sweet. Mapador, before we even formally introduce you, what have you been up to this week in Destiny? Um, I've been doing some, uh, yeah, the EAZ stuff, some Solstice. I was doing all the, the stuff for the tickets. I have not bought the event pass. I'll never buy the event pass. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was doing that, and then I saw that I had to do stuff on Neo Moon. I went to do that. Either public events or patrols don't count. I couldn't figure out which one it was. And then I just stopped. Um, but I didn't do last year's, so I was actually enjoying it this year. And it's I enjoyed how it was before, but it's easier this year, so I can sort of just turn my brain off and just do it and do other stuff sort of in between so yeah it's kind of relaxing i'm not That's i'm fair. not as like pressed for it and it's very friendly for people so i'm not pressed because i know before it mattered how far you got for your rewards and this time right. you know you just get so far and then it just stops you and then you kill a boss and that's it um, is it like yeah. it's like 30 that you have to dunk or something for the cap yeah 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 um i did some raids did root a nightmare run last night um, and did some trials did you get anything good in root uh oh yeah I did I got a Rufus red box oh first there you one. go nice. I've been very unlucky with those <laughs> I Not full, full disclosure my first week I got three red border Rufuses like the the first week the raid Ooh. came out so uh, yeah but I I, <laughs> well, I just had to bring I haven't up. been lucky for the, the <laughs> other red no I'm just saying like RNG is a, a cruel mistress right like. I, I I got super lucky at the beginning of, of Root of Nightmares and then kind of had unluck with like the rest of the weapons. So, right. uh, yeah. All right. So we 
went through a whole like whole interview process. I interviewed a bunch of people uh, to try and find a new co-host because uh, we wanted uh, more than just Rob and I. We wanted to spice things up a little bit, add a, a third voice in here. And so we interviewed a bunch of different people and Mapdor was the one that we eventually settled on because he's awesome. So Mapdor, give us a little introduction to yourself and who you are within the Destiny community. Hi, I'm Mapador. I used to do YouTube. I, I might pick it up again. That That's always a maybe. Um, I started playing the game around when it came out, September of uh, 2014. I've been playing it ever since. Um, I mainly play PvP. It's what, what I enjoy the most in the game. I started out really bad, really, really bad. And it was sort of like the first, first person shooter that I'd played. I couldn't hit... Um, the side of a building, if you ask me to, when I first played the games, I would rarely get a kill in a PvP match. Like, that's how bad I was when I first started. Um, and now um, I consider myself a good player and um, a lot of the uh, ELO uh, leaderboards do as well. So <laughs> no, that's not something I... Disclaimer, that's not something I really care for um, or fuss over. Um, but yeah. Sure. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, so he's uh, meant to be our quote-unquote PvP expert, uh, but he also plays other parts of the game, which I thought was great. So yes, um, <laughs> he's going to be providing the re re resident PvP commentary, if you will. That perspective was our goal. Because Rob and I aren't as in-depth into the PvP world yes. as some other people are. Well, we, we hope to get other insights from him, too. It's not just a, <laughs> exactly. hey, we're only going to talk exactly. to him about some, some bad stuff. takes. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep him in the closet yeah. until we start talking about Instable. <laughs> yeah. I think and then we'll pull him out I, I, and we'll be like, what do you think yeah. about this one? He's like, oh. Yeah. Well, th thanks for joining us good. for five minutes. You can, you can go back into the closet. So, uh, <laughs> I'll go back in the PVP cupboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mo most important question, I think, Scotty, you're avoiding this, is are you a hunter, titan, or warlock main? <laughs> Ooh, I'm very obviously a titan main. That's fair. <laughs> Very There's a reason I'm avoiding that question. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to get it out there because we need to know yeah. if people are just going to jump off the podcast the moment they find out what he is. So. People hate Titans hey, that, that badly. No, I don't know. <laughs> I get it the minute, but the, yeah, I, they do. Right, I'm an I'm an Arc Titan. I'm I'm guilty of that. But I played Arc Titan through the whole game. I've not yeah. touched anything else in PvP. I don't. And now it's very strong. I mean, he's always been good, but now it's especially strong. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first time on the podcast we've had everyone, like the three of us, all be different classes. That's fair. Ooh. So we're all represented. Yeah, it, it, yeah very man. diverse. Very good. Yeah, Scotty's our nice to have it. Scotty's our hunter. I was a hunter scrub for a very long time, mainly because of apes. <laughs> uh, but I've moved to kind of warlock main because I like I like doing the support class, and I feel like that's like the closest thing to a quote unquote support class that we have in this game. So um, yeah. I'm usually the guy yeah. cast in a well. So. Or ice turrets, either or. <laughs> to explain why we've been gone. So we had some changing of the guard, if you will. Uh, Robbie and Will aren't part of the podcast anymore, sadly. And so Rob and I were doing it on our own for a little while. And at a certain point, we were like, all right, we should probably get some new people in here to kind of kind of go back to the original vision that I had for the show, which was to try and have several different people 
all providing like different perspectives on the game in the sense that, you know, Destiny is the kind of game that everyone kind of plays a little bit differently. And so the original goal was to have everyone, you know, come from a different place. Like Robbie was a new light and Rob's been playing since day one. And so you're going to have very different opinions and perspectives on things based on, you know, what part of the game you play or how long you've been playing. So we wanted to get another voice in here and that interview process took a while. I was busy graduating college and then busy trying to get my freelance editing career off the ground. I've been busy and we had a lot of, a lot of responses to the, um, original post I made online about getting a new podcast host. So we had a lot of people to get through. Um, but eventually we got through all that and we settled on a new, new co-host, obviously. And moving forward, uh, we're really excited about trying to get an episode out, um, bi-weekly. Uh, we'll try to do, we were planning on trying to do some short form content in the meantime, um, when we're not uploading full episodes. And in case some huge news comes out that we need to talk about, uh, we want to get back on Twitch. We want to start streaming there. So keep an eye on that channel if you are currently following that. Um, and yeah, stuff like that. We got a new logo. But yeah, Rob, do you have any insights that you would like to share? No, I think that that, that kind of summed it up. Yeah, we took some time, kind of reevaluated what we wanted to do. Uh, this seems like a good time because there's a new season coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, this is also going to be the announcement of the final shape or sort of like the the preview of that. We're going to get a reprised raid. Like this is a, a good time to start having these discussions again. And, and uh, you know, I, we had a, we had a good hiatus and some good discussions kind of on the back end of uh, how we wanted to do this. And I, I'm, I'm very excited that we, we have a new, a new host and, and the, the time that we spent talking to Mapador um, kind of, outside of this uh, makes me excited for kind of the future of the the podcast and kind of the direction we're going to go. So um, likewise, yeah. likewise. Awesome. Yeah. So we're trying to get out. I know in the past, especially, I mean, fairly recently, I haven't been doing a very good job of getting out episodes on a proper schedule. And I'd like to go going back to doing that and doing additional stuff on top of the podcast and promoting it in different places and, and doing like, Cool stuff like that, like reaction streams and talking to, doing like charity streams or stuff like that. I think we did the, we've done the game to give thing in we the have, past. We have, yes. But, I think we did it twice. Um, I think we did do it twice, yeah. Um, but I like to go, to, to, to do fun fun events like that. Well, and I, I really enjoyed the one night where there was like, we somehow got like six of us on the stream and we were doing... Um, Scorch cannons, it a- like all, like we did that for a couple <laughs> oh, hours, yeah. and just like you know, kind of trash talking and and just kind of bullshitting. And I, I think, I think doing stuff like that would be a lot of fun again. Um, certainly, totally. to kind of get into. So yeah, look for look for activities like that. We're trying to get the the podcast really on our feet and running again. So yes, yes. And if you don't follow us on Twitter, please, please do that because that's where I'll be posting like different updates about right. various important things. I know. Um, several of you already do, and I deeply appreciate that. Um, but that's where I'll be posting stuff like, Hey, we're having an episode about, um, I don't know, maybe something super significant comes out. Maybe with the final shape one, I'll post, I'll be like, Hey, what did you guys think of the final shape reveal? Give me your thoughts in one sentence. So there'll be like interactive stuff on there as well. Um, if you want your 
thoughts to be discussed on the show. Yeah. So please follow us there. That's pretty much our only social. Uh, we don't <laughs> use Instagram or Facebook or anything. It's X now. So that's yeah, it's, it's called, oh, it's called it Twitter. <laughs> yeah. right. But you've, you know you've what? already I'm lost everybody. They're not going to know where to find us. So they're X's. <laughs> they're not tweets anymore. <laughs> uh, are they, they? They actually call them X's. That's now? what he wants is to that call them. To that's what he oh. wants to call. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Oh, that's that's. You know what? I take it back. We're going on other yeah. social platforms. <laughs> Well, like, uh, like, cause, okay, so if you, the past tense was you tweeted something, so would you say you xed something? Like, <laughs> I, I, it just sounds so nonsensical. Yeah, I, I hate that so much. Anyways, follow us on X. I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess that's what we're on. I don't know why it's so funny. It just is. If we get so many likes, we'll post a video there, and it'll be an X video. <laughs> Whoa, hold oh, on, yeah. hold on. Let's, like, uh, let's be careful with our, our working. <laughs> right, follow us on X, and also follow us on Triple X, yeah. if you know where yeah. to find us. Yeah, we're going to make a... <laughs> well, isn't there... I've never gone to it, but isn't there a guy on, like, Pornhub who posts video game videos, and he gets, like... A ton of views because he's using he's using that, <laughs> I'm that sure website. Yeah, like, no, I I I read something about that, and he and he he makes more money off of that than on YouTube or something. Right. something silly because there's still ads <laughs> being run on it, right? And yeah, let's be honest, who's probably the primarily audience of of people going on that website? Like, well, I'm going to do this thing that I won't talk about. And then <laughs> Destiny I'll, I'll, podcast. I'll, I'll watch there. this. I'll watch this COD video right after on the same website. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you, hear, you heard it here first, folks. We're gonna set up a a, a, a Destiny video page on X videos oh, yeah. or something like that. Oh yeah, a lot of Marissa off content. Well, you oh, wish geez. you wouldn't get. You're not gonna have, be like it's not advertiser not friendly because it's like any adverts on there. So right. all the people playing games on YouTube that would be, you know, not ad friendly. It doesn't matter on there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You're not gonna have the the age restriction. Uh, issues that you'd have on youtube and you could swear your head off the whole time if you wanted and and <laughs> you know just yeah i <laughs> just wait for people to start streaming on there too because you know like anyway <laughs> no problem yeah so yeah. we're not okay so let's take a step back we're not shifting our 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 uh image to go onto those websites so uh yeah not yet at least yes no not not actually but but yeah, so that's that's where we're going forward. That's why we were gone. Uh, hopefully that's a decent explanation. Hopefully that suffices. And without further ado, I suppose this is now a good time to start actually talking about the game that we claim to talk about yeah. on the show. <laughs> which is Destiny 2, Season of the Deep is the current season. Um, it just pretty much wrapped up the main story, I believe. Um, been out for some time. Uh, it's about to go away, about to end in August. Um and there's been some pretty significant stuff that's happened. Uh, there's been some new activities, obviously, but there's also been some pretty significant story beats, uh, specifically one major story beat that we'll talk about. Um, there's been a new dungeon, Ghosts of the Deep. We'll probably touch on that. We'll probably talk about that more in depth in a future episode, but we'll touch on that as well. Um, but yeah, I think we should talk about Season of the Deep as a whole, kind of talk about or compare it to some previous seasons. Kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on, you know, is this keeping you involved with the game? Is this is this satisfying the itch, if you will? Um, if not, why not? So, Rob, and I'll give you, I'll give you two sentences. Two sentences. Give, two sentences. <laughs> oh no! I want two sentences, 
as for your total overall thoughts on the season. And then I need a star rating on a five. Wow. Okay. Uh, overall, comma, this is still part of the same sentence. Overall, uh, really cool lore implications and development. And I think this is something that I have been advocating for basically since we've had the seasonal model where I've wanted the subsequent seasons after the expansion to accentuate or sort of carry, have a throughput throughout the year of like, you know, you have lightfall happens and then the next season is something as a, as a response to lightfall happening. And I think this is the first season where it really felt like that. Um, and hopefully they they kind of carry through with that. So that's my first sentence. It was a very long run on sentence, but I think that's okay. It's not grammar. I know. Class. Yeah, we're, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that ship has sailed a long time ago. So I think lore wise, great. Continues kind of a nice throughput. Uh, in terms of activities, salvage is pretty cool uh, as kind of a six man activity. Uh, the enemy density could maybe be better. And then I I do like deep dive. Uh, I think with integrating the exotic mission as part of that was a huge mistake and what the end result is now because it sounds like anyone trying to just team up with with randoms on like getting match made with them is just a nightmare where it's like one guy posted like 15 out of out of 15 attempts. Every single one was like people were attempting to do the exotic mission when he just wanted to do a deep dive. Um, And so I think that that was a very poor decision on the overall like kind of design space of deep dive, but still a cool activity. I like the, the kind of random dungeon esque feel of it. Uh, anyway, uh, I would say three and a half, four out of five. I like it's, it's been a pretty interesting season with all the lore developments and the activities. Uh, but it's definitely not been my fate. There's also a lot of cool quality of life stuff that came with this, like the exotic uh, armor farming, which has been a godsend. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, so nothing manacles, I, I don't know if, if I've expressed this enough, is my favorite exotic armor piece. And since it came out, I've had a garbage, like 61 roll. And like last season, I actually made a spreadsheet. I know I've, I've exceeded my two sentences, but I don't care anymore. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I made a spreadsheet of every exotic that I got on my warlock throughout the entire season. And uh, I think I got one nothing manacles to drop out of like the 60 that I got. And it was like a 59 roll. And prior seasons, every nothing manacles I got was like sub 60. Uh, it was like I was like cursed. And then finally this season with target. Like even though it costs a lot. I was able to finally get a 67 roll, nothing manacles, and now it's like glued to my hip. So nice. uh, for that reason alone, this this season was a four out of five. <laughs> so what is it? No, what just, is it about the exotic that you like so much? So I really liked nothing manacles in D1 because um, right. I liked having the two charges. And back then in D1, you could proc that like void vampirism ability where you'd like if you got a kill with a void ability, it would immediately start to like bring your grenade energy back. Um, And I, I like, I like that it genuinely kind of feels exotic where it takes the controverse hold 
charging and puts it into nothing manacles and doesn't require you to like actually charge because that's i like controversial hold except for i hate having to charge my grenade because it feels like it kind of like disrupts if you're like up in the air and you have to like charge your grenade. like i just that that flow doesn't work for me so i like that you get the full capability of the the charge grenade and you get two of them uh, and so I like being a, a, a grape lord, if you will, of just throwing, <laughs> throwing grapes everywhere. So I also like the look of them because it's like it's like the Sunbreaker exotic, but it's got the cool like void kind of glowing on your your wrist. So I think it's cool. I it just like I like the aesthetic of them. It's always been like one of my favorite exotic armor pieces. And like, I think it I think it's a it's a I think it's arguably just as useful as Controverse Hold um because you get the two charges and now and with this most recent season there was a huge buff to like their actual tracking and they make a cooler sound now and they feel like where they finally (laughs) should be um and so magic sounds yeah exactly so it's it's just i don't know something about it like it's always just been my favorite um my favorite exotic so uh yeah well, that was way over two sentences. It was like, like, it was like three or four. Come on. Season so. of the Nothing Manacles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. That's, that, no, that's perfectly, perfectly valid. I mean, quality of life is a huge uh, part of Destiny, um, especially going from season to season. Right. And so that obviously has like a huge impact on your experience in the game. Oh. And if a season brings like huge quality of life changes, then... You know, it's perfectly understandable to be like, yeah, the season was awesome because it made the overall game flow better. Yeah, no. And I, I think that it's you bring up a good point and it's kind of hard to re- like detach certain aspects of patches to like because like you think of like when the Witch Queen launched, that's also when we got Void 3.0. And those like in my mind mm. are sort of like synonymous with each other of like like Void was so fun to play with that 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 launch and witch queen was such a cool expansion and it was so fun to just like be a void lord figure out this new void 3.0 learn all the new verbs and like and while you're also playing the witch queen campaign so it's like yeah i think i think some of those those quality of life changes are are inherently glued to like we always talk about forsaken like yeah the story was awesome but that's also when we got kind of the complete restructuring of our loadouts and special weapons came back. And and in fact, you could put them in the kinetic slot now. And like, like that's a, that like that change to the overall destiny design space of the game was so inherent. And like, yeah, people talk about how great the story was for forsaken, but it's like, it's both of those things together that saved the game. It wasn't just, the campaign but yes it was, yeah if it was just the campaign it, <laughs> it would have been a whole different exactly story. exactly for sure yeah yeah absolutely because yeah no that, that all makes it's sense the, it's the same thing with beyond light and the the content vaulting people yes. tie them together right so then uh yes. beyond light gets quite a bad rap especially for pvp stasis as well right yes um, yeah that's what that's what happens with like live service games is yeah. when you have stuff like that tied together when you have a content drop tied with major overhauls of the right. overall workflow right then it's like oh and that's maybe why so like obviously you look at taken king too right that was a huge overhaul to all of d1's like economies and infrastructure and you know infusion and all of those things and Again, that was kind of one of those like, yeah, people probably wouldn't have keep playing Destiny if it if it kept the same kind of path that it was in during like House of Wolves. 
Um, but then you mm. look at like Rise of Iron and it was there wasn't really any fundamental changes to like the game, but like all that Rise of Iron really had was itself and its story to stand upon. And I, I happen to like the Rise of Iron campaign and I like the the Wrath of the Machine raid and all that. But it's one of those where people don't really like it's almost like it's it's like a side conversation now of people talking about Rise of Iron because there wasn't really anything like super memorable that came out it's with it. It's just Siva. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, just Siva, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. And the thing that people are still talking about to this day. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But like kind of in the context of like comparing it to like Forsaken or Taken King, like it didn't have this like massive overhaul to the game that people associate with. Same with kind of like Shadowkeep, right? Like mm. that, I guess that was the start of season passes. Um, we got finishers then as well. And, and the finishers, you're right. And, uh, uh, and the champions. Uh, and like What was the armor? They had the armor changes then as well. Yeah, and that's true. That's when builds kind of first actually yeah. started to become a thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. That that was a pretty substantial thing. Uh, all right, Mapador, I'll give you an extra sentence. You have, you have three <laughs> run-on sentences. <laughs> make them count. <laughs> Story's very good. Very interesting. The activity is meh, um, but the theme and environments are cool. Uh, uh, 3.5 out of 5. 3.5. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good, too. I, I, I kind of expected you guys to go lower than, I think, than that. Like the, the story was very good, and I've, I found it very interesting and engaging. Um, I think Veil Containment helped as well. I know it's not oh, yeah, seasonal content, but it yeah. came out around the same time. I really like the environment. They didn't have to do the underwater aesthetic and they didn't have to do the underwater sections, but they did, which I think is very good. Um, maybe a step in the direction of having more combat in space um, because it's sort of a similar thing, low gravity. Um, That's I can, true. I can see them using that in, you know, in Lightfall where you cross between the Cabal ships. Yes. Uh, well, it's normal gravity there because... I guess oh we're over Neptune, um, but maybe we'll do more space stuff, and there'll be yeah, and there'll be lower gravity, and that'll be more interesting. Yeah, um, but that was very cool, and the environments were very nice, and it was a change, I think, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the activities, yeah, the, the enemy density was very low. The environment for half of um, Salvage is very boring. Just I think Titan as a location is. is it's quite boring. It's very just industrial, but we've got that on other planets, um, except all this rain. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, deep dive's cool, but I think the activity's ruined by how it's laid out and that you can only get certain rewards levels if certain people do things. Right. It feels like public events where you turn up and you've got to do something and the other people don't do it. Um but yep. typically those yeah. you can solo, but with Sorry. deep dive, it requires you to have those other people, you know, do it as well. Yeah. And I think that's very frustrating, uh, especially Absolutely. tying it with the, you know, the exotic uh, mission as well. That is just moronic. That should be separate. Yeah. Uh, like heroic missions, you know, you, you select on it and it's deep dive and then deep dive or whatever they'd want to call. I've forgotten the name of it. Wheatstone or whatever. Or whatever yeah. Or whetstone. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I think it's a lot better than last season's story. Um, the characters felt very natural. and It was a good progression. The dialogue's very good. The dialogue's got a lot better in the game. 
Um, like the character interactions are very good as well. Before it was very cardboard person says this, cardboard person says that. But now, especially in the last few years, but especially lately, uh, the characters have felt well a lot, a lot more like characters, and and I think that's very good. And I'm very invested in the say character drama and who's saying what to who and why, and I think that's very good. I think that's very good. Yeah, absolutely. I I like what you said about the. Um... You know, when you're fighting other people in an in a matchmade activity, it's always frustrating when there is like a matchmade activity and it's you know, you're meant to kind of jump into it with like random people and then you're forced to have to rely on random people to do certain things. Yep. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's never fun. Like that's cool in like a raid and all where you have to go get people right. that you have to communicate with and whatnot, but when it's meant to be this matchmade thing, that that that's just doesn't end up being good for anybody. There well, will never be matchmaking in raids. Well, They'll I was gonna, I was gonna say that I was like this, They'll this, this reinforces more than anything that, like, if you can't, if you can't even trust people to go talk to a, a glowing orb to activate, <laughs> like, an you can't go orb. under the stairs and hold uh, square for a few seconds, right? And <laughs> yeah, you're, and, and, and you expect people to, you know, uh, tell me, you know, what order the oracles you have to shoot in, and you right. know, vaults like the most basic of raids and right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 certainly a problem. And I, you know, it's like it's interesting because at the beginning of the season people had kind of like like kind of calling out to like, "Hey, they should really change this." And then by the time you get to the the Whetstone exotic mission, you're like, "Okay, that's why they didn't change it because they kind of like inherently baked all of these things into this." And I saw some really cool yeah. clever ideas where it's like if there should be sort of like two different playlists and you don't get into the upper playlist until you've done at least a tier seven. So it means you have, you at least acknowledge and you know how to activate the, the, the glowing orb and all of that. And like, but then it's like, well, but then you divide the playlist. It's like, well, you're already dividing the playlist when you have people like leave after the first encounter because like they can't get to the the tier seven. And- they they hot fix people being right. able to join in progress, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think that <laughs> they, yeah they sh- they should have done it. I mean, yeah, there's going to be less people doing it as it goes on in the year. Right. But I think most people doing deep dive most of the times I've done it. I've done it with my friends yeah, because I, I I and I think that's for, it's only there to help the people who don't have play with others right. to do it, which is good. Right. Because um, if it was just match, mate, you know, if it was a fire team only, then you'd have everyone up in arms. And obviously this the seasonal sort of like circle wouldn't work of you going to do this and then doing something else. But, yeah. but, I, but I think you, you still have the problem now of like if you have some random blueberry trying to just go and do the deep dive activity and then they get pulled into an instance where someone's trying to do the exotic mission and <laughs> yeah. it happens every like it's it's a problem and and i like you know i i i just i think it's it should have been one of those things like okay you you can always do it once but after like a certain point it should have just been its own mission that you like mm. can just select from like the director i it just yeah anyway um i mean it sets a bad precedent but i think it's one of those things that it, it it doesn't really mean that much the activity is not going to be there for that long right they know that people are going to do it basically around the season you get some people doing it after the season's over right. but um it's not a core activity you're right um I, I know a lot of people are going to 
not like to hear that, but again, you don't need to put so much thought into that. Right. It well, should have been thought about before, definitely. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just some seasonal, <laughs> some yeah. seasonal no, no, activity. You no, know, and you're right. And if you're if you're one of those people where you're trying to get all the red border craft weapons, where mm-hmm. you can always play salvage, or if you are that kind of player, there's a pretty good chance that you're already you've got fire team like friends that you can yeah. play with, right? So it's like the the random guy, the Joe Schmo, who just kind of logs in once a week and plays a couple activities. There's still salvage for him or her. Well, you get the you get the red box first a week from exactly. Um, from focusing, and then I, uh, what's the taken hand cannon? I've, I've forgotten the name. Oh, because um, it was the void one. Yeah, the void. Well, I've got I, that's I can craft that now, and I, I need to do that. Um, but I got all of them from playing trials. Right, they just dropped at the end. Oh, of, okay. Yeah, I know that's luck based, but I was playing trials, and I would just get the red the red borders of them drop at the end of like trials games. It's called targeted redaction, by the way. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was very strong at the start of the season. Right, the, the two tap potential, but um, yeah, I, I I just got the red boxes for that just from playing random. So I didn't know they could drop in um, right. trials, but yeah, they started. Um, they were dropping from that, and that's how I just got them passively. Yep. So you don't have to play deep dive. I, I know the whole point of the season is playing the new activity, um, but I've only done it a handful of times and. But yeah, it's not. You know, you should be advocating for better seasonal content, but I think people throwing a hissy fit about it, about the matchmaking, because they hear it now. They're they're you know like half a year ahead on that stuff. Right. They're the next activity. I don't know what it'll be. It might be a three man activity instead of you know the main salvage, which is six, and then the other one is a six man instead. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like. Yeah, well, it's also just a testament to no matter what you do, there's going to be some subset of people that are pissed off about something. <laughs> to address the elephant in the room, being the the big uh, lord drop, if you will. Oh, yes. So the whole story, from what I understand, revolves around talking to a giant fish that talks <laughs> in poems, and then yeah. you eventually find out that she she knows like everything about the witness, and she's she like, witnessed oh, yeah. what the witness witnessed. <laughs> exactly. That's that's, that's, that's what. <laughs> so she drops a bunch of exposition on you. She's like, "Here's you know, it was it was like Lightfall campaign explained YouTube video in four minutes, and <laughs> she dropped that, and it was it's a lot of information." about the veil and the origin of the witness and it all came at the end of the season um so rob we'll start with you how are you feeling about um just like the cutscene itself um the contents of the cutscene the timing of the cutscene etc etc how are you feeling sure so yeah so to to not to correct you or something and be like um actually but no it's (laughs) so each week you would collect um egregore that was like not fossilized what was the term they used but it was like because it was way down in the depths of titan um and that if you if you put it in the fish tank right next to asa it would allow for kind of a psychic link between sloan and and asa and yeah she would talk in these weird kind of cryptic poetic not parables but kind of just these weird 
you know, well, maybe I guess they were parables. They're just like weird things. Twos. Yeah, exactly. That didn't quite make sense. Uh, and then finally, like after you get enough of these things, it's just like, oh yeah, I can just paint a, a perfect picture and, and give you this exact explanation. And it is certainly like, oh, okay. Um, I think it's, I think it's cool. It It's kind of one of those like, I I would venture to say it's probably the most important cutscene we've ever gotten in like all of D two maybe like it Kate it, dying I mean <laughs> what's that Kate dying <laughs> yeah uh, where's he uh, gone that's, that's true. well I, I yeah I mean there, yeah I guess like cutscene yeah, no, story but I, I would say yeah. like story or like lore explanation of what is this universe right like yeah yeah Kate, Kate dying is certainly. That whole that that <laughs> fight and and all of that and his like getting shot like yeah that's that's up there too. But in terms I'd of say, like, I'd say it's the witness cutscene, the cutscene that's the after credits for um, Red War. Um, oh yeah, where it expands out and then you, the the pyramid yeah. ships turn on. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um and and yeah, the witness cutscene and, and I think I'm I'm happy it's going to be in the game after. Yes, season's been. Involved. I don't know how they'll do that. They'll probably chuck it into uh, Lightfall, something like that. Actually, I'm wonder- I'm wondering how they'll do that. Actually, but so then, so that then leads into the kind of the final thought of this. the The veil containment is kind of interesting, and we finally got that weird hand cannon that's like in all the the epical integration or whatever. Or like, like that's all that's all neat stuff. That's all really interesting lore, especially about Maya Senderesh and Geoma Essie and yeah. all of that. Like that's in and of itself like a whole discussion. Uh, and I think this has been echoed by a lot of people, but this cutscene should have been part of the Lightfall campaign. Like halfway through, like somehow you find a, a journal or a document or the witness, like, you know, <laughs> tr- yeah, or, or someone, I think someone proposed like when you're in the pyramid ship, uh, on on Neomuna, you find some like artifact or relic that you're able to like commune with, and it it tra- you know can gives you this information of like why you know on on Talus's pyramid. Maybe ship, it could like, be maybe it could be tied with a raid. I oh, know it's not that accessible, but it could. Well, the, even then, because it's the been, witness's pyramid, that, right. that you go to. So right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you find an artifact there. Once you find all of the the little like relics or lore pieces or something, or Nezarak finally like reveals it to you. Maybe maybe you could maybe you do a mission kind of like what they did in Forsaken where, pre- yeah. where after the raid is completed, you do a mission on Neomuna where or you, you're able to do like kind of what they did with the uh the Witch Queen where there's the mission that you can do weekly. Yeah, the pre- the preservation yeah. mission. You do something like that where you're able to load an instance into the raid and you find like you go to where Nezarak's body is, you can immediately load in there, you find you ward off some enemies. And then you unlock this cutscene, like as kind of a post raid, but still part of the Lightfall campaign. Like I think that would have been maybe, an appropriate. Maybe you go to, you know, there's that secret chest um, that's after first encounter in the raid, and there's that veil statue with the orange light yes. behind it. Yep. Yep. Maybe you go there. That would have been cool. Um, yeah. Like if there's a door that opens behind it or something. Yeah, because that's a cool room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just regardless, like. You, I, I think that's actually kind of a cool idea. That should have been where it was located, not next season, halfway through, when I feel like you've probably already lost a lot of people, and yeah, like no one's interested in, in hearing something like this now. 
And I, I think it I think it was lost on a lot of people. I think it's a really important cutscene. I think it's super interesting, really cool. But it was whoever made that decision to put it there, like that was not a good decision. I like I get why they did it, because you can't have a cliffhanger DLC because the next expansion is a year later. Right. You can't just have like weird, you know, like, oh, the witness has gone and done that. Oh, now we're going to Mars to shoot Hive for no... Like, there there has to be story that goes through the year as to why, you know, um, which also is important to ask, what are they going to do with the final shape? Right. Are they... Is is the end of the story then? Because then we've got a season after, and we've got the season that runs along with the final shape as well. What is going to happen... Now, I, I highly doubt, you know, you have the final shape and then the story of, you know, will end sort of, and then you have the story continue through the seasons. That's, I wonder how they're going to do that. I'm, my guess, and this is not predicated on anything, my guess is that final shape will be the conclusion, like that that expansion, that and, and yeah. subsequently that season, right, will probably, because if you buy the expansion, you get that season for free. I think that's still how they mm. do it. So I think I think the story will be satisfactorily, I don't think that's a word, wrapped up <laughs> there. And you'll you'll feel good. And if you don't want to play anymore after that, you don't have to. But I think the subsequent seasons are basically going to be you cleaning up the witnesses kind of messes throughout the galaxy. Like there's going to be rogue yeah. taken and maybe Aramis, will, there'll be a, a season related to that. And you take care of her and like, I think there will be like where it's related to the final shape, but you could probably make the argument that if you never played it, it wouldn't have any impact on the ending of the final shape, like campaign and raid. Like I, I I think it will be isolated enough that you'll, you'll be able to walk away from that. And if you never go back to destiny, you'll be like, so this is how it ends. I'm cool with it. But if you want more and you want to continue to like, I, my guess is Zivu Wrath will kind of be like a, a continuing enemy and, and, Maybe she'll Probably. sort of have some like change of heart after the witness is defeated. And I'm, I'm making assumptions here of like, you know, and then she'll <laughs> kind of like, she'll be the next enemy that we have to kind of take care of. And, but ultimately like that doesn't have any impact on us defeating the witness. And like, she's not going to be no. so much a threat that it's like, that's the next darkness enemy. It's like, no, she just needs to be taken care of because she's annoying and, and keeps yelling at us. Like, <laughs> she keeps yelling at us yeah. when we're doing activities. Exactly. So I, I, I think, I think it will wrap up and be contained within that season, but the subsequent stuff for the rest of that expansion will be, you know, you know, uh, uh, just kind of taken out the trash, so to speak. Yeah. So loose ends. Loose, exactly. Tying up loose ends. Because it, it would be weird if they did, you know, oh, it's the final shape. You know, you and you kill the witness, but then something else happens. Right, and then he like gets away. And then the rest of the seat, like year, you're like chasing him like, down. What, like, what, like, what would you do? You couldn't, because uh, I imagine what what's going to happen is they'll probably take a longer break. They're going to have to reveal whatever's after the the final shape, right? In the reveal, if like with with the other ones, you know, with the Beyond Light one, they reveal Beyond Light, and then they went, oh, we're doing Witch Queen as well, right. and then we do Lightfall, and they only tease them, and then with the Witch Queen reveal, they showed off. They talked briefly about Lightfall, didn't they? And then Final Shape. Right. Um, and then, like, what, 
what are they, they're going to have to because otherwise half the community is going to go oh well the game's ending because um, they 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 keep saying you know it, the stories this the light and dark saga is coming to an end we know what that means but the average person probably think ah the game's coming to an end D3 will come out next year um like what I'm wondering what they're going to have to reveal it. I think. Oh yeah, they're going they'll, to do they'll, after. They'll they'll be a carrot to dangle, certainly. Yeah. Um, to just say, hey, don't worry, we're we're not done yet. Um, but yeah, certainly, I think it'll be. Yeah, I I I would like it to end, and I'll let's be honest, I'll probably keep playing well after Final Shape, but I I want <laughs> there to be a really nice kind of bookend because people kind of keep bringing up the the issue with the seasons of play and you you mentioned this earlier it's like well once once the year's over and these seasonal things go away like they're just gone and if you have yeah. con contextually important stuff within the seasons if you if you're trying to get someone a couple years from now to go back and play all this content there's just going to be these huge gaps in the narrative and 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 events that take place that don't really make sense and maybe that kind of goes against what i was talking about where it's like it'd be nice to get um kind of a throughput with the seasons of like why the expansion is important, but like, you know, at a, at a certain point, I think the, the final shape needs to be the, the ending of the finale and it can't be explained. The as final the season shape. that goes away after a year. I'm wondering if they'll do a thing where later on you can, I know they've got that cutscene archive on their YouTube where they've uploaded all the cutscenes that they're calling it. Um, but I wonder if they'll do a thing where you can just play, the story part of a like late way later down the line where you know you have everything in the game yeah and you can play the the story part of the season yeah yeah it's like i saw someone kind of propose that of like it'd be really cool if at some point we got a release that it's just all main story it's like a single player thing where you can just go through the entire campaign yeah. from from beginning to end and it doesn't have any there's no patrol spaces there's no like all the the loot that you get is is relatively limited to to what's in the game yeah i mean i would really love to have an archive of seasonal story missions and or at least cutscenes. but i would kill to play like the saint 14 stuff from season of the dawn again yeah like, yeah that stuff was so cool and it would be nice for new players I'm curious how they're what the incentive is going to be to get new players to play during the final shape. Cause I mean, I feel like that's always going to be a goal of theirs with every expansion is trying to get new people into the game naturally. Because yeah. it is a live service game. It is a business. They have to make money. And the final shape isn't just kind of feels like something specifically for people who have been invested in the game for so long. Yeah. So I'm curious if they're going to include any sort of incentive to get new people to jump in on the final expansion of this story arc. If you uh, I, think, I don't know what yeah, that would look like. I think it is going to be interesting because also why should people care about what comes next? Yes. Yes. Because right now I'm not interested thing. in what comes next. I just want to. I want to see the I, ending. I, I am. I am quite interested in to see what they'll do next. But that that's you know, that's that's me, and I imagine a lot of other people don't feel the same way. And it will be interesting to see how they do that because obviously we've got we've still got the in-game LFG coming up. Right. That's still a quality of life thing that they revealed essentially a year ago. Yeah. Um, 
and I wonder what other quality of life things they're going to talk about. Like what's going to happen? Are they going to do that light level thing that was rumored or leaked? Or, or um, it was. I don't know if how true if it was a rumor that they're doing away with say light levels and you have an account level, right? And you will load into the activity. Say you go into a raid uh, with your friend who barely plays the game. Well, his level will be equal to your level. Whoever's the highest in the in the like the instance. So. Interesting. Yeah, and then so you, you can you, have more casual players playing harder stuff and not, you know, not having to play. You know, oh, I've got to do all my leveling, and that's boring. Yeah, sure. And I, if it's if it's the kind of rumor that I think you're talking about, that it was like depending on the activity that you complete, you get basically just like discrete like levels increased or whatever like that to like a certain cap. Um, yeah so if you i'd like just having an xp level i know that's like very boring for some but i i kind of don't like i don't mind light level i think guardian ranks is kind of poo yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i can't be bothered to do like i've i've got to rank 10 last season and couldn't be bothered to to solo is it solo flawless or is it just just solo um it's just solo. i couldn't be bothered to solo the dungeon um it's not really something that i have the time or or interests me yeah so I, you know, I, I don't care about the, the Guardian rank thing as much, and, and I think a lot of people don't either. And yeah, I think it no, just be, for me, it'd it just yeah. be nice to have like an, an account level. Yeah. And it just goes up and up and up and up and up and up. You know, oh, you've played years of, of Destiny. Oh, look, I can see. Because I, titles were sort of that idea at first, right. weren't they? They were that thing, oh, you've played the game a lot. Um, but there aren't anything like that. And you can't make a title that requires years to play because that's just unfair. I think but, the, the closest they oh, did I, to that was like Unbroken originally, right? Because you had to get three yeah. seasons in a row of Legend. Yeah. So um, obviously there's the gilding, but right again, that's that. It's not. I'd rather them just have like, oh, you have an account level across three characters, and you know how the old XP worked. It doesn't even have to give you rewards for it. But just seeing that number go up will probably make a lot of people happy. Yeah, and, and it, then you can and you can show off that you've no life the game or, or, or right <laughs> or played it a lot. Yeah, because it what kind of used to be like. I I agree with you. Just some kind of global, you know, you know, bragging rights or or yeah, kinda like it used you, it used to be you could you could see someone's grimoire score in D one and be like, oh yes, wow, this, this dude. Yeah this dude plays a lot and, and has done a lot of the, the challenges and, and, you know, like completed a lot of things in the game or yeah, just, just something like that. I, I agree with you. Something that is a global, it's always attached right next to your name, not the guardian ranks. And, and, those... it, and it's not, it's not, it doesn't cap. Like it obviously you used to get up to level 50. Right. Um, yeah. And, and not have it just cap out. Right. Like you can keep guardian ranks and have that. Yeah. Because then it shows like, Oh, you know, you you haven't played the game. You've only been playing for a month, but you've you know you've you've done raids, you right? Know, or, you know, you're you're still a you know you're still a fair rank, right? No, I, I having just something. I agree because it's it's seeing someone's triumph score is not really. I mean, that's one that's one way to measure that, and I think that that could be used in a way, but you can't really view that easily on someone's page like I, I can't go and look at you and be like oh you've got a triumph score of a hundred thousand like you've 
use play <laughs> quite a bit. But like, I, I yeah, some just some kind of like you can really show how much time and, and energy you've put into this game. And yeah. Yeah, I you know, hot take this is a little off topic. I just I hate power leveling. I know. Or light leveling. You it's, you never do it, Scotty. <laughs> it's not fun in any capacity. I hate when like a new thing drops and then I'm like immediately locked out of everything that I like. I'm like locked out of the game until I play 17 strikes and I have to like level up my thing. So I'm how? glad that they've kind of like steered away from that in recent yeah seasons. I was and say, stuff. How, how did you feel this season? Well, I think it's great that they're going away from from that because it's just been so sucky in the past because like a, a new raid will drop and then yeah. it's like oh i'm i can't even play it until i grind through a bunch of activities i don't want to play like i just want to play the raid and so it's how, it's how, very how much have you played this season though <laughs> oh of the season yeah uh not at all see Scott. i think it's a good idea and i like that i didn't have to do light level stuff but <laughs> yes. i played certain activities much less because i didn't have to get light level that's fair. Yeah, no, and I think I mean, that's a fair point. I really and haven't I, I, had incentive I'm, I'm to play saying, the game. I'm not saying like, oh, light level makes people play the game. Not at all. Um, and I think this is sort of around the, you know, people go, oh, look, the numbers are down. Eh, you know, it's the time of year and there's loads of new games coming out. Of course, you know, people are going to play other stuff. And I don't think the light level thing has affected that. I don't think it's affected that, you know, the, or the play account that much. Yeah. But what I think it has affected is people playing certain activities. Yes, that's that's definitely that's a fair point. I, I well, I guess then that begs the question though, like if people aren't playing activities because they don't want to up like up their light, then why does the activity exist? And yep. is it really that fun to begin with? Yep, and that's why they need to do. And they probably, I think they are doing it. I, I I can't remember if this is a thing that they said they would like to do or they said they were doing it, but like season of you know quality of life to the main playlist activity season yes I keep people yes. being like not next season but the season after uh, being talked about that they're doing that and i and i don't know if that's a fact i feel like it was and and i'm not sure was it did did he did someone tweet it out at some point <sighs> i yeah i know i i feel like there was and then there wasn't and i i don't remember anymore but yeah i i would like something like that as well like, i think it's sorely needed and a lot of people are like well i wouldn't play for that whole season it's like yes you would because there's all these quality of life improvements to yeah like gambit and and pvp and strikes and like I, it's like well all right they wouldn't play this season because there's no story or you know very little one. right but then when you come back for the expansion you'd probably stick around more because of the other content right you know, crucible gambit strikes are better right yeah i i I think you could do that. And and if they were like, look, we're not going to have story stuff this season, but we're going to be spending a lot of time doing updates and trying to fix the infrastructure and more stability and, you know, all, all of these little things that are just like, we're, we're paving the way for this game to last a lot longer. And we just, we need three solid months of like good faith. Um, and maybe maybe that'll be after the final shape. Maybe that's the season after final shape. Yeah, where there's may, like, yeah maybe because they, maybe. Uh, you know, and oh, and to, I, I had a thought, and we were kind of talking about it, and then we we changed subjects, but we were kind of talking about like the final shape and and getting people butts in seats to to play final shape. I think 
I think you'll you'll probably get some people that are maybe like you know if, if they market this as like this is the end um, of of the light and dark saga, you might have some people that are like, well, I'll, you know, they they like to read the last page of a book because they they don't yeah. want you know. I I think you might get a lot of people doing that, but I think this is also the perfect opportunity to be like, look, maybe you've kind of dropped off, and now that the light and dark saga is over, we're starting a new saga of destiny and this is this is there's never been a better time to jump in and start playing because you can start fresh all the characters all the locations all the 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 story elements are all going to be new um and you know maybe maybe they maybe they take a step back and say look this is a fun ride but we're never going to do a 10-year story arc and and moving forward all of the things that we get are going to be contained within that year um, so mm. you don't feel like you need to be as glued in, you know, and 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 I, I think that'd probably be the best idea. Yeah. I think well, there's that rumor that they want to do it how they want to do the narrative again, how it was in D one, where it was more mysterious. Yes. And and, and I'd like that. I, I, yeah, I, I've I liked too. the storytelling in D two. Um it's got better. But I think the how they do it um has definitely got better as well. But I think the actual what they're telling and what they're doing was better in parts of D one. Only parts. Yeah. But. I I completely agree. I think. I mean, we've kind of talked about this on the podcast too, where it's like the, the how you how you present the tone goes a long ways, and I I feel like D 2s kind of had a almost an identity crisis, almost like its entire life of mm. and and I think I think D one did a much better job of sort of conveying that tone those those three years. Um, um, and I- like imagine, imagine like um, taking King, but with the character development and and writing that we've got now, right? It would be loads better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It would be. It would be quite nice. Yeah. And I, I, um, I still, I, I'll, my last thought on this, I still think the game is at its best when it focuses more on the post-apocalyptic theming versus the the fantasy space magic theming and i know maybe that's a that's a hot topic but like i enjoyed vanilla d1 in a lot of the exploration of like venus and mars where it's like this whole system and and booming planet is now just like a a hobbled shell of what it used to be and it's completely overrun by all these enemies and that's same with rise of iron right you're going back and discovering all this old technology that's just been completely mm. ransacked and and ruined because of this technology and not to say that like taking king was important to me but like like i i think beyond light was another cool example like i really loved exploring europa and this like what once was this great booming metropolis out on this like snow barren waste and now the the now that the weather is kind of like allowed itself to kind of reclaim itself back to the the elements and and trying to explore these old locations and going into the deep stone crypt and now now you're in this like space station like that whole kind of throughput was really cool because it it felt very like you're discovering this old facility that used to be there i think i think that's when the game is at its best and way more interesting to me than like not to say that like the mm. witch queen wasn't good but like exploring an alien homeworld or an alien ship is not as interesting to me as learning more about what happened during the collapse and why our society yeah. has crumbled. So like, I, I think my favorite parts of, of the game, especially in De- destiny one were 
going down into like the Siva complex yes. in Wrath of the Machine. Yeah. Going into that big server room, like you know when you drop down after the the Zamboni encounter. Yes. And you go through all the underground yep. sort of labs and stuff that, and then going to the library on Venus, and then all the Vex spawn in for the first time. That's right. like the first time you see them. Yep. Yeah. And it needs more of that. Yeah. And my, I think a lot of people who played Destiny One would love to see a return to that aesthetic because that's like why they were interested in the game exactly. in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Why well, I, I was actually- and make no mistake, D two is a better game. <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah, yes. I, I, there's no, there's no denying that. Like the, the, the multitude of quality of life changes and all the content that we have, you can't even yeah. justly compare the two. But that's why I said like tone is very important because there's the tone, right? The, yeah. Because there's elements of D one that I think have never been able to be fully, like the magic of D one has never fully translated to D two. What else have we? Should we touch on the dungeon a little bit, perhaps? Yes. Um, yes. We we don't need to go super in depth with it because I know with dungeons sometimes we like doing, you know, meteor conversations about that, right. and I know we don't have a full episode to talk about the dungeon. Yeah. But I think it's worth talking about a little bit because I think it is one of the, from what I hear, one of the better aspects of the season. Yes. If you, if you want to count it as part of the season, I know that's not being Ooh. sold as part of the season anymore. Ooh. But controversy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, that's another thing. But. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but your 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 sentiment of like it being sort of hand in hand with the season is not incorrect either. So sure, but sure. So how you guys? How would you, you guys think of it? I guess. Um, I think it was good. The 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 jump between the encounters is maybe a bit yes like long but it the again the aesthetic of the season is very nice they're very cool um i like the underwater elements and i like how they've integrated that into gameplay and that there's more of it in the dungeon but i do think some of the encounters feel rather long and drawn out yes um especially the first encounter and i think that's the main thing i love i like the dungeons but the first encounter is most of the dungeons is normally really boring. It's um, it's true. Shadow Throne comes to mind for me. Yeah, yeah, that is, as... that is quite tedious. Or um, Pit of Heresy yep. can be quite tedious. Sure, but I think the bosses are good. The health maybe could be a bit lowered. Yes, because they have triumphs in the game for soloing content. You know, they advocate for people to want to solo content. Um. So why have they made the bosses' healths harder and harder and harder if they want more people to be interested in soloing content? Yeah, yeah, and that's that. I I would say you mentioned you you said you couldn't really be bothered to 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 do the solo for last season, <laughs> and I I I kind of did it towards the end because I was like, well, I I just wanted to see if I could solo it more than anything. Like I wasn't necessarily trying to get Guardian yeah. Eleven. It just was like, damn it, I feel like I'm good enough to do this, and I. I did it. It was a slog. It took me close to like three hours. Like I made a joke when I finally did it. I was like, I could have watched Godfather Part Two in this time. Um, <laughs> and uh, the yeah, the, the amount of health that they have is insane. And when you you know, obviously there's like streamers and YouTubers that can get it done in like four four damage cycles, and and they get it done efficiently as possible. But the average person is taking close to an hour to do like a single attempt on the final boss because of how much health she has. And it's like, that's too much. And it completely 
Like when I first started playing the dungeon, I was like, oh, this seems totally doable solo. And maybe I'll maybe I'll try to do it solo. But then it's like when you see how long and drawn out and like if you make one mistake and you have to do that whole hour over again, like that in my mind, like the game does not respect your time at that point. And I have no interest in in doing it solo. Um, But and I agree with you, the first encounter always feels like this huge like slog. And that's why I think I like Grasp of Avarice. I know, Scotty, you're not a fan, but like you, you, you dive right into that, like killing those thrall and dunking it does not take more than like five minutes. And you're already like diving into the cave and exploring and you, you know, you're, you're doing the traps. I, I do agree also that the, the transitions between each encounter are egregiously long. And I, I get from like a storytelling standpoint, it's all there. But I think it's one of those moments where it's like after you do the dungeon like two or three times, like there should be a way that you can if if you're a master of the dungeon, you can like basically warp to the next encounter. You can, like there, well, there needs the, to be. A it's sh- the same argument of Oryx in D1. Yeah. Is that you can be great at the rage, you can annihilate the bosses in, you know, one phase, but you can't physically do the Oryx encounter faster. Right. You can now they changed it right. but in back in D1 you couldn't do it right. faster and it's the same thing with this yeah you can you know sword skate around but it's the same sort of thing of oh I've got to go all the way over here and do this and I've got to follow this trail and it, the, the mechanics are fine and I, I think I have no problem with them on their own and I think it's a cool thing that they use the um, I've forgotten the name of the season the the monster hunter style oh yeah, yeah. the the wrathborn tracking, tracking yeah yeah the wrathborn stuff and I think that was cool but it it's like the second time I went to do that I was already bored of it yeah certainly you know I I I think it's cool I will say probably thematically this might be the coolest dungeon we've ever gotten like I I I try to I try to keep spoilers for dungeons and raids and i was not disappointed when doing this dungeon like where's this all heading what are the lucent hive doing here and then you like that reveal and it's like oryx is just sort of like sinking into the the sands of of titans like core and and they're trying to resurrect him like that's such a cool like i i i was totally blown away i also think this is probably the best dungeon armor like the aesthetics of the armor is probably like the coolest we've ever gotten where it's very like people have kind of compared it to like the like the ring rates or or of of like yeah. the rings like the, the kind of comparison. yeah the the the, the armor really yeah cool. it's it's the definitely worth it. some of some of my favorite that we've gotten in a long time it takes shaders really well it's really cool it kind of you can kind of mix it with like the season of the haunted armor and get kind of some cool effects and um mm. i i i think it's fantastic you can also mix it with the the taken king or the the king's fall armor too like they're they they sometimes the armor like you can't mix and match it uh but you can with some of these and they certainly look really really cool and and so i think it's aesthetically it's a cool design it's a it's a the lore implications of the dungeon are amazing and and just kind of like the i love even like the little secret conversations that you find where it's like zivu wrath is sort of like this kind of like love letter to Oryx, not a love letter, but you know, kind of this like, <laughs> careful. Yeah, I know that I didn't mean love letter, but you know, kind of this like letter to to Oryx, it's like a book of sorrow. Yeah, exactly. Sort of thing. Yeah, and it, it, 
Yeah, and it's kind of this like part of him, she seems like frustrated and mad at him and other ones, it's like she misses him and like hates kind of where the hive are now and kind of, it seems like almost like repents all the, the decisions that they've made to get to the, where they are. And it's, it's such a cool, just everything about it is such a cool thing. But yeah, I can't get over like how long those transitions are and the, the, the bosses have way too much health. Um, but it's a cool dungeon. What do you guys give it out of five? <sighs> or actually just where does it compare with the, with the rest of the, three or four other dungeons that there are um aesthetic wise i'd say it's a lot better than pit yeah and i don't know where to place it i like all the dungeons and dislike them for various reasons sure yeah um i think i don't know i don't think it's better than it's better than pit in terms of what you've got to do and it's more fleshed out but I don't think it's my favorite by any means. Yeah. Do you guys think Ghost of the Deep generally is a good step in the right direction as far as making the dungeons like better? Is this is this part of an upward curve for dungeons? No, since... I feel like we're quite flat at the minute. Okay. Yeah. The armor's good, definitely. The armor's improvement. Yeah. Hundred percent. But the it just feels very flat on what you know, oh, the environments are nice, but they're always nice. Right. But the they need to make the encounters part of the traversal in the dungeon. I think that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Yeah, no, I, I, I think I kind of agree with you. Like, I, my my thoughts on the dungeons are very same, like similar. Like, I like all the dungeons, but there's something about each of them. That just like, why did they make this decision? Like, I hate the I hate the Rainbow Road part in prophecy, but and then the Pit of Heresy. I'm not a fan of the Ogre Maze because I hate that they're immune, and it it's just like it, <laughs> it feels like you're getting like I don't know. It just feels funky when you're trying to do it, and um, like the the first encounter in in Shattered Throne takes way too long, and like duality. I, there's just parts of duality that are funky, but duality is kind of fun too, and like. It's every every dungeon has kind of like a, a charm to it at the same time. Like I think I think Grasp of Avarice one hundred percent is like the first re- dungeon you should take people on to introduce people to quote unquote like mechanics and and raid light mechanics. Um, I, it's it's easily one of the most teachable ones because it's like hey if you've played Gambit you're just gonna do that a lot and it, like that gets people going and like it gets people excited about end game content. Like I, I have some buddies that had never d- touched a raid or a dungeon. And that was the first thing we did so they could get G horn and they had the time of their lives because it was like, this actually felt like something challenging and they, I, they had to communicate and understand boss mechanics. So like, but I agree with you. Like the, the, the servitor cannon part is like so bizarre. Oh, it's so um, boring. Yeah. And, and like, so again, each one has something associated with it where it's like, why did they do this? You know, but um, and this this has the super, super long transitions that, yes, from a storytelling standpoint are very cool and we get it. It's supposed to be this very vast. And and I, I something I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the seasons that I forgot was like, I think the the depths of Titan have become like one of my favorite kind of like aesthetic locations, just the 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 flora and fauna that grow down there and all the just the kind of the natural 
coral and everything that's down there is very just vibrant and beautiful and all the fish that you see when you're underwater is very cool it's it's very neat mm. um and and gives a side to titan that i i thought was pretty boring originally and you know i, I know people wanted more with the arcology and this kind of feels like a response to that um but i i just i i feel like this dungeon also kind of has like a uh identity crisis we'll call it because i i would say this is probably the most mechanically complex where like the the mechanics for this felt more complicated than root of nightmares at least on the final encounter and like mm. that seems like a problem to me maybe that's more of a failing of root of nightmares versus a failing of of ghosts of the deep but it's like why is it more difficult to explain how to do a dungeon than it is to do the raid um i, I think that's a failure of the dungeon yeah that's fair because um, I think the the root of nightmares raid is still fun. It is absolutely, even though even though the the mechanics are fairly straightforward yeah. compared to some of the other raids. Yeah, and I um sorry, go for it. But I think the dungeon mechanics are just unfun. They're too over the top for a dungeon, and it, it's sort of boring. That's what makes it kind of boring. Yeah, and and it by the time you get to the final encounter, you're like. Okay, we have to find more of the light bearer hive and you have to kill them and then get your symbol. And it just it kind of just drags on a little bit. And like and yeah. that's that's the other thing, too, is kind of what's shied me away from trying it solo is like some of those some of the lucent hive are like I just it feels kind of wonky to me. Some of like when they activate their supers and just like you can get bounced from behind a shield from the the Titan Knight. And it's just like, what the <laughs> what the hell? You know, and it's just like so like. Every time I do that dungeon, I feel like I die to things that are like out of my control, even on like normal mode. They're like duality. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I don't enjoy this kind of like torture. All right. Well, I think that's about it for this episode. I think we've covered pretty much all the season of the deep stuff. Yep. For the episode, we'll come back to some 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 of the other things like Veil Containment, Ghost of the Deep, Circle Around, perhaps talk about that more in depth. Um, very excited for this final shape thing. Um, but yeah, this has been our very first episode with Mapador. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Please follow us on all the relevant social stuff. Follow us on X. Please feel free to talk to us on, on there and interact with us. Uh, I know I am certainly open to have to furthering the discussion outside of this episode. But uh, without further ado, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. this voice recording away and go on with your life because you and I both know you'd have me yapping in your ear for the rest of your days. Want to further the discussion? Get in touch with us at any of our Twitter handles, all of which can be found at our podcast description. 